Welcome back to another upsetting episode of the Burning Eden podcast. I am Bath, your suave, smooth, spicy Satanist. And I'm Mel, your favorite big titty heathen. So Mel, did you do anything for your birthday? You old bitch. Actually, listen, listen. Well, that old. Uh, yeah, we went to dinner and then for dessert, uh, I had some pie. Oh, I love pie. What kind was it? Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, it was of the cream variety. I mean, who doesn't love cream pie? Mm, preach. Amen. Amen. Speaking of Raw, um, our guest for tonight <laughs> is Josh, a.k.a. Josh Raw from TikTok. Uh, hey, Bap. Hey, What's up? I can't believe I wasn't invited for cream pies. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's a nightly a thing, so I'm sure you'll be invited. Cream pies and chill. Cream pies and chill. Hell yeah. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> oh god <laughs> how, how are you doing sir i am doing good you know it is uh the treason holiday has passed so mm. we can now move on with the rest of our year and get past this whole independence day not a whole lot to feel patriotic <laughs> about in this fucking country right independent for who you know independence yeah. for who you know yeah <laughs> <Cut down>. yeah <laughs> i hate i hate it i hate it here i hate it so much dude <laughs> I hope to someday have an exodus plan out of America. Maybe find a freer country. We need a revolution, man. Uh, yeah. I think it's time to bring back the guillotines a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. But that's you, know what, you know what's funny? Um, I am about to get my, my citizenship. Um, and my oath ceremony is coming up in a few days, actually. Oh. <laughs> and, and every day I wake up, I'm like, uh, uh, uh. do I want to do this still? <laughs> The timing, it couldn't be worse. Well, I already paid like $800, so I kind of need to get my money's worth. Um, I think America has to pay you so I can at this vote. point, you know? like mm. Well, that way I can vote, right? Um, yeah, and true. help make change, I guess. But mm. Do you wish yeah. you would have picked a different country to get citizenship in, though? Yeah, yeah. Probably. And, any other, any other <laughs> country? <laughs> At this point, at this point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I've honestly considered that. Like, our the local place that I live in, like, even though we're an outskirt of a bigger city, like, I've been looking at the politics there. And it's the same mayor, the same board, the same mm. commissioner, everything they've been running for years. And no one contests against them. And it's all of conservatives, course. of course, because of the of area course. that I live in. Of I'm course. like, man, I could yeah, go just... in there and I could run and I could campaign and I could make a difference. Or I could leave the country. Or I could leave. <laughs> mass exodus let's fucking do this <laughs> yeah um, we shall see we shall see we shall see i, I will so, say on a positive note just a little bit different uh, yeah. you guys probably saw this that on mm. reddit the younger generation the gen z brethren released a bunch of personal information I on GOTIS and have been no out no way they dogs their addresses their ip addresses their credit card and their socials Ooh. i think yeah like you don't fuck with gen z man they don't give a fuck i'm just like gen z burn it down i'm right burn with it you. All down. <laughs> let's rebuild at this point you know shit just hit the, okay. the reset button i'm okay with that just... <laughs> yes yeah. but before we do that uh do y'all know what time it is oh what time is it Mel? Mm, it's time for the final 
Today's Bible verse of the day is sponsored by Bitter Water. Were your rights taken away? Do you not have access to safe abortions? Have you committed adultery? Well, you're in luck. With Bitter Waters, you can be relieved of your sin and your fetus with just a few sips. Just drink bitter waters in front of the priest and watch your belly swell up the good Old Testament way and bring out your inner child. Bitter waters is now available in cherry, blue raspberry, green apple, strawberry, grape, and most popular flavor, comfort banana. Try bitter waters today. Approved by God himself. Not available in all states. Must be administered by a man. Hmm. <laughs> amen. Amen, amen. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> for tradition, uh, we love the guests to read the Bible verse of the day. What do you have for us? So my favorite Bible verse is John 12, 14. It Ooh. states, and Jesus, when he had found a young ass, sat thereon, as it is written. And that is all that it says. That's it's just it. it's <laughs> one solo verse. verse just thrown in there. <laughs> and I like this verse because whenever I have a Christian throw verses at me, I just repeat this one because all of them are supposed to have some sort of inherent deep-seated meaning. I was right, like, right. I want to know the meaning behind Jesus sitting on ass. <laughs> Sometimes you just have a little ass, you know. What happens? <laughs> it's a young ass, Mel. It's, like, <laughs> it's better than have a frog's ass, you know, just saying. <laughs> Shut up, shut up. <laughs> and that was the, the of the day. God damn it. I really thumb up Jesus. <laughs> Good guy Jesus, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> I actually had a TikTok recently where a, a guy was just flooding all my TikTok videos, throwing verses on there. And I, that's what I respond. I just made a TikTok video where I just open up a refrigerator and it's like in John 12, 14, and I read it off. They're like, what are you doing here? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like just us go to a closed door and read verses to each other. That's, that's where we're at. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Cream so, pies, Bible verses, and chill. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Hi, Josh. <laughs> hey, how you doing, Mel? You're lucky. You're lucky. <laughs> I can hate you. Anyway, so for those people who don't know you, can you give us a uh, backstory of uh, with your religious beliefs and how you got to uh, where you are today as far as your atheism goes? Sure, religious beliefs. Well, I do want to clarify I'm not an atheist, I'm an oh. auto theist. Okay. Yeah. And that was a great episode. Thank you so much. (laughs) Uh, So young, I I was raised Methodist, actually, primarily. I spent a Mm. lot of time in the Methodist church. um, And throughout my youth, I attended a lot of other churches. I was in Christian churches, the Church of Christ, Baptist churches, evangelical churches, non-denominational churches. It's a lot Um, of churches. My cousins were Mormon, um, so I attended some oh. of their stuff from time to time. When I And then when I was a young adult, I went and attended some Mormon churches just to figure out what the hell they believed to understand mm. it a little bit more. <laughs> um, let's see. And then for like a long while, like I just like explored like an early college, like my faith and belief in God with like devout friends more than mm-hmm. being in the church. I studied and listened to sermons. I kept a blog at the time mm. on Zynga. I don't know if you guys remember that fucking website. Um, <laughs> I, see, that sounds very familiar. I can't remember. Yeah, I, I had hundreds and hundreds of posts. I debated with atheists. I debated with anyone oh who gosh. wasn't Christian. Um, mm. And then in my early 20s, I settled in a Baptist church. Um, mm. And there I was their youth pastor. I was their oh, alternate, shit. I was their alternate preacher. So I did sermons on rotating Sundays. Um, I was a deacon in the church. I helped with all the revivals. I led their Bible studies. I supported in youth retreats, and the list just kind of goes on and mm. on. 
Um, I was in, actually in graduate school for social work at the time, and I quit mm. with a 4.0 uh, because I wanted to go be a preacher and head off to seminary. Um, Whoa! <laughs> yeah, man, I, I thought it was my calling. Like, it, it was the best, like, I thought it was the best way to spend my life. Um, and it was a wild time. I was in church three to four days a week. Were you um, raised? Sure. Was your family religious? Is that how you ended up being religious? Um, my family was, <laughs> it's hard to like phrase it. Like my brother, um, he and I are, were both very much into it because we had friends that were very much into it. My family did go to church regularly, but my family was more like, religious when it benefited them in the small community like mm -hmm. we went when the preacher bugged us too much or if it was a holiday or like easter or thanksgiving we would go right. um we did spend a lot of time like i remember going to church a lot and hearing a lot of the stories and stuff and being there in the congregation and reading out of the books and being like god is good all the time all the times god is good but really my family went like to make face like and they would mm -hmm. use I, I remember my mom and dad sometimes using Bible verses against us, like when they would argue with us, be like, well, the Bible says this. Uh, but I, I knew it so well, even by the time I was like 16 or 17, I was like, well, it also says this. But mom, <laughs> but mom, John 12, 14. <laughs> and Ezekiel 23, 20. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. They, they were like kind of religious and like they made it a big deal that we believed in God. Um, like the big story was that like my great, great grandfather was going to be a Catholic priest. And so that was like oh. their name of like, mm. he wanted to be a priest. So we were yeah. going to be religious too, but yeah, but my brother wow. and I were, were the most into it. Like my brother went on a missionary trip. He went to a private Christian college in Mexico that I had to rescue him out what? of because he okay. wanted to leave because they were just completely back ass words and they were manipulating scripture to manipulate the Hispanics in this Mexico. Um, wow. Like, that's unheard of. I did yeah. never... <laughs> What? Never. Yeah, Never. So, so like he and I like went deep. We 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 drank all the Kool Aid um, for mm. years and years and years. And it was after I'd quit college and I was going to be going into seminary that I like had my breaking away. Holy from shit. religion because I was I just I was breaking it down to the Aramaic. I was comparing verses and I just found so many mistakes and issues. I was like, mm. I can't actually believe this. And Damn. it was about a four year process of like going through stages of like, okay, so I'm not this Christian, but I'm this Christian. Well. Okay, so maybe Satan doesn't exist, but God still <laughs> exists. Or maybe Jesus wasn't, you know, God, but he was the son of God. And so I like started making all these allowances and like mm -hmm. mental gymnastics to make it make sense so I could keep my faith. It was a fucking rough process. Yikes. Sorry, I just threw a lot at you, but yeah. No, but... no, no. You're... <laughs> no, it's fine. So what was one of the beliefs that first started to, I guess, crumble? Like, was it Satan? Was it hell? Was I, I usually Jesus? I usually pinpoint Satan, Satan because, okay. because okay. that's like the one that stands out the most to me. I'm sure there was stuff before that. Like I did a lot of stuff with like arguing creationism against evolutionists. Like that was a huge huh. argument for me back and forth. For I, I attended Ken Ham like seminars around oh, the sure. U.S. No and went way. and listened to him and like would take notes and then go and like write blogs and argue the fuck with oh, people. So like I was like wow. in it. Uh, but the Satan thing was huge for me. Like when mm -hmm. I realized that the progression of satan through thousands of years and how he became like this token enemy in the christian church and he wasn't perceived that way even among the judaism among the mm -hmm. jews early jews uh, it was just like wow like that's not even a thing and then you recognize that it's more like this symbolic entity of sin that's like throughout the old testament it has nothing to do with an entity that we're all battling against <laughs> right, right. but yeah Satan was him? a big thing 
Mm. They call it like uh, something wars, uh, warfare, spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, spiritual warhorse. War <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, that, that breaking down Satan then led to breaking down hell, and then breaking down that like led to breaking wow. down the Trinity, and then mm. I eventually got to the point like I was still like. I believed in an almighty God and I was still devout and did all these things and thought morality came from God and like all religions had a piece in them that all kind of fit right. together. And like, mm -hmm. was trying to find like the spiritualistic universalist type of mentality to go about it. But once I realized like the progression, progression of Yahweh through history and how that God wasn't even like the almighty God, like it right. rose up in pantheons out of polytheism that came out of animism that I was like, okay, I'm done. Like there's nothing <laughs> left here to even, Damn. <laughs> yeah, he comes from a Canaanite pantheon. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of debates on what it is. I personally believe the theology that he was a metallurgy god that came out out of the pantheon yeah. thing because we see that in cultures in both Egypt and ancient Greece too, where metallurgy gods were perceived to be creationist gods. Mm -hmm. And Yahweh happened to be the one that came out of um, little tribes. That were floating around at the time in Canaan. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So back um, to your story then. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, so uh, yeah. So then I, I kind of went on a spiritual journey of trying to figure out what truth is. Uh, I remember the day when I was like, I'm gonna fucking figure this out. I was driving home like away from church and and I had all this stuff that was breaking down. I was like, I'm just gonna do whatever it takes to figure out the truth. And I went on this like this long journey of studying Buddhism, uh, going through all their stages of like meditation and understanding their under, their beliefs and their dharmas and all those types of things. Mm -hmm. I studied uh, Norse and Celtic mythologies pretty deeply. Um, my biggest kick for like the last five, six years has been Hinduism, uh, spe okay. specifically at Vedanta, Vedanta, uh, which I really, really like. And a lot of their beliefs actually predate Christianity quite a bit and go back <laughs> to like the Indus Valley. Um, yeah. And, and so for me, and this is why I say I'm not atheist. I know that we've talked about this a little bit, Bath, even before when we were at the atheist convention, which I loved. Uh, oh, but <laughs> so it is, it's awesome. And I, honestly, my wife and I went because we were like, we want to know more about like this group of people and what they believe and what they're passionate about. This group of people? <laughs> these heathens. Yeah, these heathens. <laughs> and we love them. Um, but I, I, as a social worker, I've always believed that spirituality is an important part of human growth. Like it's a necessary piece of like seeking questions of why am I here? What's my purpose? Um, those types of things. And whether spirituality for you is seeking a God or uh, finding divinity in nature or, you know, walking around barefooted or meditating or just listening to, you know, heavy rock music to really feel in touch with the world around you. Mm -hmm. To me, that's spirituality. And so I think that's an important part that we all have to explore in order to have meaning in life. Hmm. Interesting. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, I am, I'm also a social worker. High five. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I, I'm a master social worker. I've been doing it now for over 20 or almost 20 years, something like that. So wow. I did end up going okay, back. So you're at least 20. Degree. You're at least 20 years old. I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, you know how to math, I'm just under 40. <laughs> I'm really good at math. Wait, so you became a social worker at 20 years old? What? Um, I was working in social work when I was 18, 19. Yeah. Wow. But when did you get yeah. your actual like MSW? I got my MSW when I was 23, maybe. 
Holy shit. Wow. Yeah. Suck yeah. it, Baff. I know. <laughs> I don't want to tell you all my stuff. I, I got two <laughs> masters, two bachelors, three minors, and a PhD. Okay, I'm out. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I squeeze yeah. dogs' buttholes for a living, so y'all are fine, okay? Nice. <laughs> Bunch of assholes at work, huh? Literally. But honestly, I think that's probably been a huge influence. Like, just working in, you know, the, the soft sciences and working with a variety of different people from different cultures that have a whole variety of beliefs about things. Like, I just don't want to completely discount spirituality as being an important mm -hmm. part of people's lives. I just don't think you should be pushing it onto other people. Like right. if you have your own belief right. system, just don't indoctrinate my children. Oh, for and sure, to, and have it affect my you laws you and boo, that shit. You know? I agree. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> but that's why I say that I'm an auto theist, is because it really comes out of the uh, Hinduistic beliefs that we all have a spark of the divine within us, which makes us all gods. Is the idea like we're I'm all done. part of? I'm okay God. with that. I'm okay, yeah, I'm okay with that okay too. With that. <laughs> yeah, it, it means that everyone is a god because the universe is here and we all have a part of the universe in us, which makes us all divine. Hmm. I like that. Yeah. It's kind of a fun <laughs> little thing. So when people are like, Do you believe in your god? It's like, Do you believe in me? Oh. Yeah. Worship me, motherfucker. <laughs> get on your knees, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you guys ever watch uh, Sky Mommy on TikTok? I fucking Never. love her. Oh my oh, god. Man, she's so good. She was like our guest before. Yeah, uh, on she, she's on a commercial for us. She, right? she, she did a commercial for us. It was so good. <laughs> I we fucking love her. Yeah. I, I wish she would have been there in uh, Atlanta, though. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know. God, her Genevieve, fucking just ugh, everything. Big shout out to Sky Mommy and Genevieve. We love you. We love yeah. you. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful souls. Yes, they have more. Uh, patience and and much more humorous than than us i think because fucking sky the, my favorite video of sky mommies is when she's at the at the mirror when the person called her ugly and i'm like bitch where like if she's <laughs> ugly what the fuck am i like get the fuck out of here like no but she like she handles them so fucking well i and love I it respect her for that because <laughs> holy shit mm. yeah i, I anyway. wish i could bring more humor to my tiktok i get my videos reported every time i try to be funny I've had, really? I've had really? five videos reported in the last two weeks, and one of them was me sharing a meme. How <laughs> dare was, you? It was reported yeah. for bullying. I'm like, this is just humor. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. You're yep, such yeah. a bully, man. You're such a bully. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell uh, us a little more about the deconstruction process. Uh, mm -hmm. You said it was around age 20 that you started to... It was probably about 23, 24 that Ish. I started like really breaking it down. So you're yeah. 20s. Okay. Um, and it helped for me. And this is something that I found that's been different from a lot of deconstructionist stories that I have is that for myself, I've had the same like friend group since I was in kindergarten. Even oh. now, we, we still meet once a month and still chat about stuff. And so my closest friends, it kind of led me into Christianity really strong in high school are my friends now, oh. and they all deconstructed at the exact same time. The <laughs> <laughs> deconstruction club. Yeah. And so it was like five or six of us that were going through all the same steps of like seeking truth and not, and wow. not making sense of stuff and just message each other and talking and, and figuring things out and sharing information with each other, which was really powerful for us. Like, I, I don't have the story of like the church hurt me and, you know, right. I walked away and I had all this. I didn't have that. The church was fine. Like, the lies they told me they believed. Like, I don't blame yeah. them for telling me the shit that they were indoctrinated into. 
Um, and there was never a point of like me feeling like I had been lied to or feeling like the church mm -hmm. had like abused me or hurt me in some way. It was that I drank the Kool-Aid and I just kept drinking without taking a more, I don't know, objective look at what was going on. Mm. Right. Um, right. but in, for, in terms of deconstruction, like I just had the same friend group. And so that was really helpful. I had a community already built around me. And so we mm. kind of just went through the processes that I was talking about earlier, where we just like broke away pieces slowly, but surely. And, mm. uh, it was stuff yeah. like Bart Ehrman talks about, like, once you realize that every piece of scripture that we have is a copy of a copy of a copy, and we have no original <laughs> copies of anything, it's like, I can't right. even figure out what the truth is with this shit. Right. Right. Yep. <clears throat> yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I love it. It's awesome. I just oh, it. Um, can you expand on what it means to be a humanist? Yeah. So I think when it comes to being a humanist, it's talking about uh, looking for equal rights and equal opportunity for all individuals, people. In this country? All, all across the world. I'm actually a globalist oh, too. Oh, I'm not a nationalist at all, which for oh, uh, that's okay. a whole nother topic. Because I, I think that was the issue of the 2016 election is it was mm. nationalist versus globalists, even though people mm. tried to say it was liberals versus, you know, conservatives. But humanists are about bringing equal rights for all people and letting people live to the best of their ability and giving them opportunity for things. So it's respecting mm. all people where they come from. I know that I heard this a lot when we were at the convention, like, I don't have to respect your beliefs. And for me, it's like, I respect that you have beliefs, but I don't have to accept your beliefs. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but That's what we right. mean by it. Right. 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 Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but, but for me, uh, as a humanist, it's like, I want to stand there and I want to let you know that I hear your thoughts and your beliefs and your feelings. And I respect all of those things that you have them. And I'm willing to right. help you out in whatever journey you're on and trying to figure out who you are and why you're here. Yeah. And that's what social workers do, you know, like, I mm. may be atheist, Satanist, whatever, but <clears throat> someone says, I go to church every Sunday and he helps me, you know, I'm like, bro, do that, you know, because, mm -hmm. you know, surrounding yourself with people who are like minded and who can share experiences with you and all that and find community. Keep doing that, you know, mm -hmm. so yeah. totally. And some people that I've met need Jesus. I mean, like they need that community and they need church. And I'm glad that you're going because it'd be a really scary world if you weren't going to that place. But but on top of your question, Mel, like a secular humanist is doing those things without tying a religious or belief system into that that has okay. no backing in terms of like scientific findings. So it's like, for me, I look at myself as being a secular humanist because I want to use actual data and research and information knowledge that we all have and share to help mm -hmm. improve other people's lives. Love that. Yep. Awesome. So um, your wife, she's pagan? No. She is she <laughs> she's what? probably best classified as a pagan, um, okay. but she doesn't believe in gods either. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Her and I both kind of have the same concept that all gods across all cultures are archetypes mm. of or concepts that we actually all have. Like when the question is, is did God create us or did we create gods? I say that we created the gods based on archetypes of our own personalities or oh, for sure, pieces. yeah. So you have your hero and you have your enemy and you have your, yeah. you know, your your Loki, you know, your your uh, Joker right. and things like that. And we all yeah. kind of have those. And she sees it the same way, where all gods are just kind of like these archetypes that we all carry within us. They're personality traits. 
Hmm. Yeah, and that's easy, that's clearly seen in like Hinduism and also like Greek mythology. You know, you have all these different deities. They all have different personalities and they mm -hmm. look very much alike yeah. <laughs> us, you know. Which is Go fascinating to me because I talked to Hinduists. You know, they have like 10,000 gods or something yeah. crazy like mm -hmm. that. But yeah. they don't believe their gods are real. What? The, Stop a, it. A lot of the ones that I talked to, they say, no, the gods are a pinpoint of focus for something that I want to bring alive in myself. There's stories that there's stories that they tell about an entity in order to draw out their own like abilities huh. and traits. And it's a pinpoint of focus that they utilize in order to get there. It, it's not like there's actually an elephant man that's floating around somewhere that's like blessing me. It's like I put well, not disappointed, he, Josh. Right. He, re he represents this. They piss in my <laughs> Cheerios, Josh. Fucking bummer, man. <laughs> I will say there are there are some sects within Hinduism that do possibly believe that. But a lot that I've spoken to say we don't even believe that it's real. It's much like I've spoken to Jews about Moses. They go, Moses was never real. We know he wasn't real. It's an allegorical story that we tell that's in our Torah in order that instills into us this ability to like push forward and have faith and trust in God. We know that Moses was never a real person. Sorry. Yeah, but then a lot of Jews uh, don't believe in God either. There, There's a lot of Jewish people who don't mm -hmm. believe in an actual God, right? I'm not familiar with them. Tell me more. I, yeah. I, <laughs> no, like I, I, I met Jewish people who don't literally believe in they believe in an actual God, mm. but they consider themselves Jewish. I I imagine well, I, they exist. I, I have not come across that. That's fascinating. I did not know that. We learned so go. much here. I know. <laughs> oh my god! But yes, my wife would probably be considered a pagan. Uh, I mean, we don't do like ritualistic stuff or anything like yeah. that. But but she does do spiritual work with people and life coaching with people, where she uses divination tools, so things oh. like runes and tarot cards and things like that, and does readings for people to help guide them in their life. To, I know, see her all the time on do. my on my on my FYP on the on the live with her little mm -hmm. runes. I fucking love that. <laughs> <laughs> she has a lot of fun with it, but for yeah, her, it's um, it, it's helping people again. It's trying just trying to give people guidance in their life and where they want to go. She right. doesn't have to use runes or tarot cards. In fact, mm -hmm. when she does readings off camera, she doesn't utilize them. People okay. send her issues and questions, and she just breaks it down in terms of where they need to go, what their options are, where they are in their life, and that type of thing. So it's a lot like life coaching, which she has several certificates and is certified nice. to be able to do. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's but the divination cool. tools get exciting for people. They love having that rune or that card flipped up too, mm -hmm. but it's not necessary. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I love tarot cards. I've, I've always had a, I've, I've always wanted to have a reading. I have like, a tarot card on my arm. Oh. Yeah. I didn't it's, see it's, it. Which one is it? It's the magician. Ah, yes. Well, I'll send you a photo so you can see it better. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. I have my own tarot cards and runes too. I actually have them spread across my desk over here on the side. So, oh shit, yeah, okay, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, I have a question. What What were some of the ways that you were able to deconstruct the fear of hell? Because it sounds like that was something that was part of your your journey at some point. I mean, although yes, you did have that support, but what were some mm -hmm. of the strategies or tools or what What is it that helped you deconstruct from that fear? I, I'm kind of cursed with like having to know shit and I don't know where that comes from. I've been that way since I was really young. Like I just have to know. And so for hell, it was me tracking it back to try to find a beginning point 
of when this conceptualization of hell came. Like I was actually a Christian for a long time, not believing mm. in hell. And for oh. a long time, I followed God without any belief in hell. And mm. I thought that I was somehow superior because if I was not, if I was following God out of love and not out of a promise of a reward or a punishment, I was somehow more enlightened than those that were just following God because of the fear of hell. Mm -hmm. um, but it really went down to like breaking down and looking into the research of hell and where it came from. Like if we look in Old Testament, uh, the, the hell was Sheol, which meant the grave. Mm. And ju in Judaism, which of course Christianity emerged from, mm -hmm. Sheol was just a place that everybody went to. It didn't mean, matter if you were good, bad, mm -hmm. ugly, beautiful, nothing. Like you just went to the grave when you died. Because Jews believed in a bodily resurrection. There was no belief in a spiritual resurrection. When you huh. were resurrected at the second coming, your body literally came out of the grave and was restored <laughs> and you lived on earth. It wasn't like your spirit lifted up and went to a magical place that was talked about. Huh. Then later we see that this emerged into this Gehana idea that comes in the New Testament that's talked about. Um, but in for, for that, it, it had, again, nothing to do with like this spiritual resurrection sort of thing. And it was a reference to the, the fires and where the pagans were doing like child offerings and burnt sacrifices and things like that and had nothing to do with it too. And it eventually emerged into hell. But the idea of like mm -hmm. hell where people perceive the lake of fire, I don't know if you guys are aware of this or not. No. But that lake of fire. Oh, the lake of fire. I heard something yeah. else. Yeah, for like the second burning. And people sometimes associate with hell with the lake of fire. That, I, that symbolism and that picture of the lake of fire came out of the book of Enoch that was written in the third, second century BCE. It's almost mm. described verbatim in the way that you see it in the new Testament. Like they mm. literally stole the, the language out of there and put it over here. And this was a book that was rejected out of the new right. Testament that wasn't allowed to be a part of that um, because of the other pieces that it added in mm. it. But that ideology or concept of the lake of fire came out of, Orphism that was taught by Plato and it was copied and put into his stuff. And so it was like this whole progression of like these symbols and concepts about like what hell was. And you can see how it changed over time through different yeah. centuries mm -hmm. as people were like trying to develop more of an idea of what it was. And that's what took it away from me. Like once I realized that it was very much man made and it was mm -hmm. and it Who knew? over mm -hmm. hundreds and hundreds of years, it was like, it's it's all bullshit. <laughs> and then the fear went away. Wow. Right. Yeah. Mm. Who knew? And, and the crazy thing is, is like as a kid, I used to dream about hell. Like I used to oh. dream talking of Satan. I would dream of getting burned. Like I would have what? these terrible things of like, of like flying towards heaven as an angel and my wings burning off and oh. falling back into hell and being tortured for eternity because of the like stuff that was given to me when I was young being in church. What? And so I had like all these horrible, horrible ideas. Like I would, you know, see shadow figures out of the corner of my eyes mm -hmm. and things lurking in my room and ghosts and all these spiritual experiences because of what I was indoctrinated to believe about this whole spiritual world and spiritual warfare. And once right. I deconstructed these things about Satan and hell, it went away. Like I, I no longer deal with that because I don't believe in it. Isn't that fascinating? It <laughs> blows my mind. I, I know. That research like... <laughs> knowledge would lead you to truth. What? Imagine. The more that, you that's know. what drives me crazy about like little kids that are being indoctrinated into right? this stuff. 
we're forcing trauma onto people. We're, we're yeah. impacting their, their psychology and their emotional state. And there's such a linkage in between that. And we're traumatizing them without anybody overseeing that. Like somebody should come in and be like, you know what? Taking your kid to church might be psychological abuse. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> I yeah. Yeah. Telling a child that they're dirty, that they're born well, sinful. Well, they broke in. They need salvation. Yeah. They need forgiveness. Yeah. What the fuck, man? <laughs> That's like lifelong trauma. It really yeah. is. But hey. but drag queens telling them a story at story time. <laughs> oh no, you know, get, yeah. get fucked, man. Like, mm -mm. fuck no. No, it, it absolutely blows my mind the things that we allow to happen in churches without anybody saying anything about it. Especially d d given what we know about psychology and how the mm. brain works and how malleable the early brain is and how right. influential those pieces are right. and nobody is saying anything like if you want to take to somebody to a community center and be like love others take care of them share your toys like the the messages of jesus go for it but yeah, yeah. how about not you were born into sin and you're gonna burn in eternity right. if you don't accept jesus yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> gotta use that that fear to control you know always yeah I'll give you one other fun piece of information yeah. around the whole hell concept. So um, if you look in the New Testament and you read books like Jude and Second Peter, there's a lot of language in there about fallen angels and, you know, chained up and burning and those types of things. Uh, that language in there is actually copied out of the book of Enoch. Mm. It, those are almost two thirds like copied, but when we read them today, we don't have that reference point. At least a lot of folks don't. And it's not like they put quotations around the parts, parts that they um, were writing against. But one of the things that was happening in those early days is that the book of Enoch was circulating and Peter and Jude were writing essentially rebuttal letters against that book and saying, if you believe all of this shit, at least know <laughs> that God's in power. Or it says you shouldn't be slandering the angels because you can't know anything about the angels or th about mm. them falling or about their nature. Though we read it today and we think that they're telling us the angels fell away from heaven, they're burning in hell, yada, yada, yada. But they're not. There's, there's like big ifs, like in, even in the text where it says, if you believe this shit, at least know this, because none of that's true. Stop reading the book of Enoch. People today, <laughs> right. don't, people today read the New Testament and think that they're giving them like depictions of hell and the lake of fire. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> wow another wow. fun fact they didn't even know that Sa they didn't think that satan was a fallen angel till the 17th century no That's way that started to be taught yeah is it because <laughs> of uh of uh paradise lost and yep yep no yeah. paradise lost yep. yeah yep. the book of enoch does talk about a fallen angel but it's not satan and uh this yep. is also mirrored in dante's inferno which was like 11th 12th century that was published yep. but paradise lost who identified it as being satan and made that connection of the serpent with yep. like like uh isaiah 14 12 and ezekiel which he talked about earlier mm -hmm. and revelations that didn't come until john milton wrote that story that connection was never made of the serpent right. and genesis being satan and that was just a novel right it was just like a poem an epic poem or something like that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've always wanted to read uh, Dante's Inferno because I played the game on Xbox <laughs> and I <laughs> shut up, shut up. I love that game. Like that is like my top three favorite games of all time, and I've always wanted to read it. I got it over here. I've read it like four times. Oh shit! <laughs> nerd. <laughs> nerd. Listen, I was making a Dungeons and Dragons game, Bath, and I was completely <laughs> basing it off of Dante's Inferno. That. I walked Damn. them all the way through it. <laughs> really? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Wow. 
Nerd. I've been playing D and D almost longer than I've been a or longer than I, now longer than I was a Christian. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, I've never played D and D. I I have like all my friends where I live. Uh, they're all D and D nerds. So I've never played myself, but my uh, the same group is having a Stranger Things D and D like one night event type of thing. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hmm. Maybe, maybe I'll go to that because I love Stranger Things. I just finished watching mm-hmm. the no spoilers, you know, because this motherfucker hasn't watched. It. I don't know if you if you watch it, Josh. I've seen it all. I can. You've seen you it all. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So I I because I, I I play uh, Final Fantasy like all all these like mm-hmm. role playing games. So like it's just physical, you know, is, is what I assume that it is. It's just a physical version of, of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But yeah, it, it looks like fun. But yeah, yeah, it's tons of fun. I play three or four times a week. Holy shit! My, my brother and I have our own D and D company called Dungeon Brew, where we create homemade Dungeons and Dragons content. Yeah, we have a YouTube channel where we make videos every week and show people how to play D and D and how to create your own worlds and campaigns and monsters what? and what? all of that. Yeah, that's amazing. I What's love that. the YouTube channel? Dungeon Brew. Brew as in B R E W. Yeah, yeah, like homebrew, but Dungeon Brew because we create homebrew content. Yeah, we just that's- started it a little while ago, but we've been playing D and D for. 20 years each so we have lots of experience doing that we mm-hmm. played everything from first second edition all the way through fifth edition plus a variety of other games that fall into tabletop role-playing games oh fuck yeah that's plus probably cool. every video game that's in rpg ever like that's all that my computer is full of is rpg video games yeah so uh i had a potato for computer all my life until Mm -hmm. my amazing husband bought me this like crazy as expensive a computer that now i can literally run anything i want so i'm slowly Mm -hmm. building up my my game library so i fucking love this shit yeah baldur's gate 2 is still my like bread and butter but that's what i grew up on Mm. yeah Mm. it's 3.5 edition or 3.0 edition so it's close to 3.5 but yeah fuck yeah stuff Sorry, Baff's never played D&D. He's like, I don't know what the fuck you guys are talking about. <laughs> I have about no me. fucking he, he don't. He don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I... <laughs> he, he goes outside, okay? <laughs> he touches grass for one I do. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to like three parties this weekend. It was crazy. And all of them were what? Karaoke? For the most part, yeah. <laughs> and See, I can't do that. Now? Like, who fucking does that? Like... <laughs> I kid you not, last year, like I had to take a trip in November, like, and which would involve me driving. And it was mm-hmm. the first time I was out of my house in seven months. Oh, <laughs> if, if I didn't like, yeah, because uh, my husband, even... he works uh, at home, you know, mm-hmm. um, so he like barely goes outside. So what we're now like, because we have two cars, we're now going to go mm-hmm. to back to one because what's the point? He doesn't drive as much as I do because I have to go go to work. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, it's it's been crazy how how long it's been. So yeah, yeah, yeah. My my wife and I both work from home too, so oh. we've been we've been doing that for almost seven years. So Fuck yeah, okay. Well, um, see, remote yeah. work is best. I'm telling you. Yeah, I I do not want to be in a place with people like an eight to five. Like I love like my four screens are on my walls. Yes. And... <laughs> see, so are you like fully introvert or like a mix? How I'm would you very yourself? much an introvert. I'm very good at being extroverted for like public things and talking to people. Like right, um, yeah. as you guys know, my wife and I are both um, fantasy authors too. And so mm-hmm. uh, we used to attend conventions every weekend, um, okay. like 40 events a year. We would travel Whoa, around the US and shit. sell books. Um, so like, I just have to have that recoup time to like get enough energy to be extroverted again. Yes, but the social when, battery. <laughs> when push comes to shove, like put me in my office and shut the doors and give me a book or a video game where I don't have to talk to anybody for months on end. Yes. I'm fine. 
yeah. When when I used to play WoW uh, before they were their shit now, mm-hmm. um, hours, 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 hours. And now I play uh, Final Fantasy, and mm-hmm. the new expansion came out like two months ago, three months ago. I spent fourteen hours just playing, playing, playing that game, and I fucking mm-hmm. loved it because, like, for me, I don't know about <laughs> you, but I it just it's it's an escape. It's mm-hmm. an escape for me, and I don't have to be myself. I don't. I can just sit mm. here and just. Uh, I love it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I get motion different. sickness if I play video games. But there's different mm. kinds of video games. It's you don't always have to because I I get motion sickness too. Uh, but apparently you're more in, into that. I don't know into being motion sickness. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> I don't think I've up. ever gotten motion sickness playing a video game. That sounds awful. It, it is. It sucks. Um, it's for me. It's mostly like first-person shooters. Um, yeah. Having a bigger screen and a better running computer, it it's gotten better. But mm-hmm. I get to a point sometimes where I just had I pass out. Like mm-hmm. I get so nauseous and I pass out. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm slowly building up my tolerance. Do you pass out while you're playing the video game? <laughs> like that. <laughs> you make that sound no, when you pass no. out. It's, it's usually. Like, <laughs> And then, and then I go lay down. See, I like first-person shooters too. I'm an Apex horde. I play Apex almost daily for like mm. hours on it. I was actually ranked in the top four percent in the United States Holy with one of their shit. characters for a while. Show yes. off. Yeah, I know, man. I I, <laughs> I fucking love that game, but God. then they changed their ranking system, and it's fucking hard now. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh, last first first-person shooter game I played was it Halo Three? Like oh, back man. in the day, like. Mm-hmm. I fucking love that shit. So I, I would still play it. Um, but like my new obsession is Horizon Zero Dawn. I don't know if you have no, uh, heard that game. That. But it's oh, fucking. It came out with a sequel recently, and it's only PS5 exclusive for the first year. So I have to mm-hmm. sit and wait for a fucking year for it to be ported to a computer. Mm-hmm. I'm very upset. Very upset. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, there's a new games that have come out, like you know, Elder Ring that I got. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I played it but that it's so like harvesting like just what's what i'm looking for you, you just have to like continuously play and play and play to get anywhere on in oh like to just, um grind there grind. you go grinding yeah, god yeah. okay i think of the word yeah but it's so grindy it's, it's yeah. like i don't have enough hours in the day to play this game to get where i want to be like i was right. like maybe when i'm old and all the kids are gone mm-hmm. i'll just sit around and play elder ring but i can't do it now how so how many kids do you have <laughs> so my wife and i have a blended family okay um, okay so all right. we have nine kids total nine kids okay yeah all um, right so it's you know some of them are sometimes with the alternative parents hmm. um but for the most part we have like six kids throughout the year and the other ones come and visit um, okay but yeah nine kids total i brought That's in five crazy. she brought in four wow okay yeah wow. we actually have no kids together we just completely brady bunched it and oh wow i mean if it yeah. works you know and, yeah they get along great i mean it's been seven yeah. years and they're all like siblings and it's been wonderful well, do you guys want your own kid like oh or no do you... we have nine kids Mel. We, I was, not, listen, <laughs> we don't need more fucking children i'm not <laughs> I'm not kid shaming you, okay? No, no. I, I actually oh got my god. I actually got the I got the V before we got together. Like I I, mm. I got the vasectomy, okay. got the snip before we got okay. together. It's like nice. you got more, I got five, we don't need any more. Like let's yeah. not even make that happen. Like yeah. So, yeah, I got that taken care of, which I recommend it every guy to do. I was just gonna like, say, I, I don't know if it's too personal of a question, but like how was that recovery for you? Oh, it was okay. I have a great story about this because I got my Uh-oh. vasectomy done when I was in Alaska. And Alaska 
is nicknamed the last frontier for very good reason. They have terrible medical, oh. like everything. But my website was great. Recovery was great. Uh, yeah, no yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was a little terrified when I went in because like I went into the clinic, which it can hardly be called a clinic. Mm. And like you, you got ceilings that was built in the 1960s. Like it's got fluorescent lights that are flashing oh, and it's no. a little hard to see. They have like 70s rock playing from an old like boom box in the corner. <laughs> They send in possibly the most horrendous looking woman I've ever seen in my life to come check me out before the doctor gets in there, you know, make sure that I'm shaven well and that, right. you know, that she can get all the little pins in the right place and the curtain down and all that type of thing. So there was no problem uh-huh. of like, I will be flashing for this. And then, you know, the doctor comes in and he's like 70 years old and shaking. And- oh, no. <laughs> Um, and, you know, and, and does it, and you can like, you have like the '70s rock playing in the background, the lights flickering over your head, and all you can, and, and your only real sensation is smelling the burning fume of your skin being seared shut with like their colander or whatever. Um, <laughs> and, and then you know they sew you up and you go home. But I mean, in terms of like, it's such a blip in my memory. Otherwise, like right. I, I threw right. a couple of packs of cold peas on myself each day to, you know, make sure there wasn't any swelling. Right. Uh, but right. within like 48 hours, like I was fine. Like, nice. I, I mean, there wasn't even pain. Honestly, after probably eight hours, I just continued to take it easy for 48, but mm-hmm. it was literally, you walk in 45 minutes later, I'm walking out and shit. Yeah. Wow. No, regrets. why were you in Alaska? If- yeah. <laughs> Oh, I, was... I lived in Alaska for two years. I worked for the military up there oh, okay, as a okay. contractor. You were in the military as well? I, I worked for the military um, oh. as a civilian contractor. Okay. Um, so I, I worked in their family advocacy program mm-hmm. as a social worker where I taught things like anger management, stress management, couples counseling, child rearing, um, dealt with domestic violence cases, went around and talked, trained people on like seasonal depression and stuff in Alaska mm-hmm. and, you know, that type of thing. Ran a lot of the initiatives on base. I did like their uh, quanti- qualitative like assurance stuff on base, mm-hmm. all that type of thing. And the fun part about that was that I was a contractor who lived on base, which is typically not allowed. But when I moved up there, I made them change policy so that I could do that. And so I actually lived on base for two years. So I was okay. like in the shit. I saw everything, was a part of everything. I, oh, I was... I, I had access to everything and sometimes yeah. got into places that I wasn't supposed to have access to because I just had good relationships. Mm. I can't talk about that on your podcast. No, but no, I, no. I saw some <laughs> Tell us your secrets. <laughs> I saw some shit. <laughs> Wait. Oh, yeah. Just, just tell me it's aliens. Please tell, tell me it's like alien or Bigfoot. Well, because it's Alaska, so it would be Big, Bigfoot, right? Oh, <laughs> I knew it. Uh, I knew Alaska it. has more alien sightings than almost any other state. Really? I thought it was yeah. Bigfoot. And hmm. Bigfoot sightings. Well, there's definitely Bigfoot areas, yeah, too. Yeah. My first day in Alaska, I had to go pick up my car that had been imported in. And so I took a taxi and they were up there filming for a Bigfoot like initiative for like <laughs> oh, their, for their show. Yeah. And so the taxi driver was just like telling me about all the Bigfoot sightings that they had seen up there around the area. That's so, crazy. Yeah. Do, do you believe Bigfoot exists? I do not believe that Bigfoot exists. Okay. No, aliens? No. I do believe that aliens exist. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All the I hard questions. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> maybe maybe Bigfoot once existed. Maybe Sasquatch was once a thing. Mm. But man, fucking humans. But I, I mean, do watch all the Bigfoot documentaries in me hopes too. that they'll, they'll eventually fucking... get something. 
I love Bigfoot, the aliens, the like the aliens guy with like the hair. You know, I, I forget mm-hmm. his name, but he's he's uh, ancient aliens is what I watch. Have you ah! seen? <laughs> Shut up! Don't laugh at me. <laughs> that fucking show, man. I, aliens, I, you know. I, <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I hate how they use uh, that. You know, what am I saying? The fucking aliens as a way of delegitimizing the abilities of some cultures you know it's like oh, oh right these brown people right. back then oh they didn't do it it was the aliens you know it's like what the fuck man brown people didn't do it it was the aliens yeah <laughs> that's awful man who's saying <laughs> that it's true it's true they, yeah that's I, I think recently they found more evidence that you know the the brown people have actually mm. like they actually built their shit no way aliens. yes so yeah so have you seen the movie interstellar is that the one with matthew mcconaughey yes it is yeah i i I believe so i believe so i believe so that's really my closest understanding of what i think aliens are like i had this theory before we before they ever came out with the movie but Mm -hmm. i believe aliens to be us evolved in the far future where time and space are no longer a part of like their Okay. Restraint, and they're able to come back and check on their own civilization and how it was progressing. So mm-hmm. I only I see aliens as being humans in the future that are now traveling back to check on their I own evolution. Yeah. And so for them, it's just like we're just going back and looking at ourselves and studying right. ourselves and seeing how we got where we got to. It's like they're they're cringing right now. It's like yeah, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> they probably don't visit us often anymore. Yeah, this is why <laughs> aliens have not visited us because yeah. Have you seen it? <laughs> and they're and they're abducting people and be like, oh my god, he has a penis. When did that <laughs> where did that devolve? Right. Oh yeah, yeah. So you you mentioned that you guys were uh fantasy writers. Yes, my wife and I have um both been published for a, quite a period of time, eight, nine Damn. years, something like that. She's been published for probably 15. Oh, uh, she is she's with some authors for a while. I also ran a publishing business for a while, so that's oh, how okay. I kind of dived into it. Um, but I have about 30 plus publications. My wife has probably about 10 publications. Wait, what? How? Uh, we we uh, hit international best selling lists in Australia, Canada, and the what? United States. We've sold somewhere around 80,000 books between the two of us. Um, so, you know, it's been a fun adventure, but it, it was a lot for the kids to travel as much as we were. So we were like, right, well, yeah. let's put it on pause, let the kids grow up, and then we'll go back to our writing careers. But yeah, we, we've had lots of fun with it. But the big struggle with it is that we haven't yet like made connections to get like a movie deal uh, or yeah. like a series and that's or somebody that can sell rights foreign rights overseas which is where mm. the real money is right, even when right. you sell that many books it's just not sustainable to like live off of that without mm. just constantly Jeez. pushing yourself all the time right what is yeah. what is your best-selling Shit. book my best-selling book is Annerfell. It's book one in the Blood of Dragons series. So the Blood of Dragons is probably the easier way to remember it. Okay. And, it's a, and it's about two evil brothers who set off to go kill the god of the dead in hopes of gaining immortality. They essentially are like, if we can kill the god of the underworld, we can live forever because there's no one to take so, us across into the underworld. Right. Yeah. How, how so, long ago was that written? That was written in 2014, I think. Okay. Or 15. Yeah. My brother and I actually co-wrote it. The same one that runs Dungeon Brew with me. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's my co-author. So we've about seven books or so or eight books that are co-written together. Fuck yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah. What is it called? Did you say? Annerfell or the Blood of Dragons. A-N-A-E-R-F-E-L-L. Huh. 
And that's it's all based fucking on, cool. That's amazing. I love that. And it's all based on Slavic mythology. Um, so mm. some of my heritage is Slavic. So all of my books in Thrice Night Legends are Slavic in nature. And so it has a lot of interesting um, themes and words and gods because it's all pulled out of their myths and legends that they told amongst their culture, which a lot okay. of it was lost because the Christians burnt it all down when they went through to convert them what? <laughs> unheard so, of you're lying yep so I that. but my next series i'm writing is all based on sumerian mythology so that's why okay. it's taking a bit longer because i'm having to research all the sumerian and yeah. mesopotamian stuff and put it together that's fucking amazing yeah um so tell us about your podcast the gods of tomorrow right yeah so the, my gods of tomorrow podcast i started after the atheist convention um mm. Baff encouraged me to do something and make it better than him. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> you're already there. Dude, dude, like, you're already there. I mean, that, the standard is very low. It's so low. <laughs> I don't think that that's true at all. Uh, but, but it has had a good response to it so far. Um, I, I'm actually playing with it a little bit. I'll give you guys the secret on your show. So nobody else have I talked to about this at all. Um, but Ooh. the gods of tomorrow, the reason that it's worded that is because it's about the change in the age of the age of Aquarius. And so right now we're like in the age of Pisces and the age of Aquarius is supposed to be like this new awakening of human spirituality where we all recognize our own divine nature and we're able to move forward. So it goes with that same concept of like autotheism, all divinity inside of us. We're all the gods of tomorrow because mm. we can create our own futures, manifest our own destinies and do whatever we want in this life without any type of over, you know, seeing god or goddess that's you know pushing us in a certain direction so uh, you don't see it on my thing here but above the gods of tomorrow is the sign of aquarius pouring the water on top of it because it's talking okay. about the age of aquarius and it's all being gods because we all have gotcha. divine nature uh, but primarily the entire podcast is breaking down christianity it's looking at the history of it it's educating people about how christianity came about and why it's so influential today and it's looking at things around activism for secular humanism and even atheism to really promote religious freedom and so that's awesome i love that i love yeah. that we're only about 10 episodes in but it's had a really good response rate and we're i'm beginning to interview people now because yeah. are man, you on about... youtube or is it just audio Oh, it's YouTube too. Yeah. So you can oh, find it on okay. uh, my YouTube channel, which is Josh Draw. It's on Spotify, iTunes, mm -hmm. Anchor, anywhere and everywhere. Just click the button on it. No. Yeah. <laughs> Look at all the banners. Yeah, we, we, we've, had, uh, we've had 10 episodes and about 2,000 listens so far in those 10 Fuck episodes. Yeah. Awesome. Um, it's already generating money. Uh, That's amazing. Anchor. Um, I've already got, I'm now able to do like my own ads on Anchor and they pay mm -hmm. me for those every time that it's listened to. And I'm taking right. all the money that comes off of that and I'm putting it towards secular humanist things within the U.S. for, um, you know, anything that has okay. to do with, you know, politically driven things in that area. So. Right. That's wonderful. Well, your podcast is too ed educational and nice and not explicit and, you know, <laughs> rude. I drop F-bombs and stuff, but it, it does take a lot of work. Okay, like, but, but how many foreskin jokes are there, really? Tell me. Yeah, tell us. <laughs> man, there's zero foreskin Exactly. Jokes. You get up. Up it, man. But I do have a video on my YouTube channel that goes through the history of foreskin and why we clip the penis. Oh, okay. I want to okay. watch that video. It's only three minutes, but I, I will be honest. Like the the Gods of Tomorrow podcast that I do on my own, man, they are exhausting because I spend almost five hours in research outlining it and writing Jesus. the script for it, and then it takes about an hour and a half to record it, and then about two hours to edit it. So it's like a full it's, process it's of a lot like. Of work putting it all together and i make sure that everything i find is peer-reviewed it, it's backed up by research there's mm -hmm. lectures on it like i try to find multiple resources damn dude i'm sharing before 
I actually share it on the podcast. Yeah. Look at you. That's amazing. Way to go, Beth. Knowledge, Beth. <laughs> I told you. Like, it's it's oh. my curse. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one final question for you. Yeah. What is the best advice for people deconstructing? What advice would you give them? The thing that I have not only told people when they're deconstructing, but also when I was a therapist, I would oftentimes talk to people about is that you're always exactly where you're supposed to be. And you're always doing the best with what you have. Mm. Like don't blame yourself and be harsh on yourself for something that you didn't know yesterday. Mm. So stop right. looking in the past and saying that I should have known better because you should like have. that. You can't. And right. so recognizing that you're always doing the best with what you have and you're always exactly where you're supposed to be, I think is the best way for you to continue moving forward. Because the moment you start to question that, you're going to become stagnant or you're going to fall mm. back into old behaviors or beliefs that aren't going to be healthy for you. Right. I love that. Thank you for yeah, that. Thank you. <laughs> um, so where can we find you? I know you just did a whole yeah, deal. But all all these sure. places. So <laughs> tw Twitter. Uh, We're only going to do two. Okay. Just pick <laughs> two. TikTok, Instagram. God YouTube. damn it. It's all Josh Raw. My Etsy shop is also Josh Raw and you can buy t-shirts on there. We're selling lots of text to churches t-shirts right now. Yes. I sell like two or three every other day. Um, nice. So those are really grabbed good to grab. I have a Patreon that's only like um, anywhere between two and six dollars to join where you can get constant stuff that's coming in from me. I also should put my Discord on here. I have a Discord as well. Okay. And then YouTube, we just broke 900 and some subscribers on there this week. Fuck so yeah. Um, Fuck yeah. We only need, you know, about 400 and I don't even know, 380,000 more views and 100 more subscribers. And then that can be monetized as well. So that's yeah. huge progress. Pretty excited about that. Yes. Fuck yeah. 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 What the fuck, people? Come on. Subscribe to our fucking channel, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Do your part, guys. Yeah, do it. <laughs> and like I said, the, the money that I'm making off of this stuff, because this is not my regular job. This mm -hmm. is just like something I, I spend a little bit of time on every week to kind of put stuff out there for people. So I take this money and I shift it off towards things and donate it to good causes. That's um, awesome. Yeah. I still work as a social worker. So that's still yeah. what I do full time. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Cat, you, you do like everything. <laughs> putting up the shame so everything yeah I, I was when i was a child i have adhd and i imagine this is what adhd looks like yeah yep. <laughs> for many people it's just the constant juggling of multiple projects all the time <sighs> yeah sounds right sounds right not jealous <laughs> at all yeah. stop going to parties bath see see <laughs> thank all those hours his silence speaks volumes <laughs> Well, thank you very much, sir. <laughs> you are a renaissance man. Like this. I appreciate it. I love oh you guys God. both. I like what you guys are doing here. Oh, oh you don't have to lie. I mean, yeah, you don't have to lie. lie. No, I listen fine. to you guys' podcast. You could just accept the 20 bucks I sent you and, <laughs> and be done with it. I mean, the lying is just not a good look in you. Oh, yeah, yeah. We try our, our our not our best, but we no, we try okay. our what's the level that our okayest our okayest yeah. <laughs> no, I mean we are evolving like Pokemon. I mean we were just we audio are. now we're on fucking YouTube, mm -hmm. yeah. you know. Uh, wow. So things have been changing, and it's it's good stuff. So yeah, yes, yeah. 
And of course, we wanted to remind our listeners and our viewers now on YouTube that we do have a merch store. If you go to the link in the description of the episode, you will find the link. Yeah, if you go to the link, you'll find the link. Yeah, exactly. That makes total fucking sense. Professionals. God damn it. We have some amazing stuff. And we also have a design of male fucking Jesus. Priorities, yeah, man. Priorities. It's, it's great. <laughs> Also, please don't forget to subscribe to our channel, smash that like button, and hit the notifications bell so you don't <laughs> miss our new episodes. God damn it. I feel like Jesus. I gotta just like back up a little bit here. Did you say you have Mel fucking Jesus? It's like on an OnlyFans? Hey! What is happening? I, mean, I do have OnlyFans, but yeah, I know. There's, there's a picture of me fucking Jesus in the ass. Oh. Yeah. And he's burning down Eden, but you know, priorities, priorities, you know. So I will show it to you in a minute. <laughs> All right. So are you uh, yeah. And we did you say okay, yeah, and we're gonna be releasing episodes on Mondays as always, but they are still available as audio only. If you prefer that format, make sure to leave us a message and give us a rating. No less than five stars, no please. <laughs> and also follow us on Twitter. Uh, the joint account is at Beth and Mel 666. Mine is at Meltry Fitty, and his is at Beth and Metal 666. And the last thing is, don't forget to support us on Patreon if, if you want. If you We're want. not going to force you or make I mean, you do things you don't want unless there's consent. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you choke a bitch. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> what? Hey, I mean, I don't kink shame, you know. <laughs> I choked you, right? Remember? There's pictures of it. Mm. So here is the there you go. what we're talking about, Josh. Oh, very nice. <laughs> you can make a whole cartoon episode out of this. Hand out little pamphlets. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I, I have so... that blown up on my wall. Like, it's just... Uh. This I'm makes the message of it the day, like the or the god or the goddamn it, the verse of the day. The Bible so verse of the day. Meaningful. Oh, yeah, on his ass, got a young ass and sat on it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Mel three sixteen on his ass naturally. So you know. <laughs> god damn it. All right. Well, we're gonna wrap it up. <laughs> Don't go Thank anywhere, you. Josh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, don't leave. Uh, thank you so fucking much, Josh. We appreciate you. Yes. And you're a fucking badass. Well, yes. I appreciate that. Badassing as you go in life <laughs> with your badassness. You bamf. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Thank you so much. And that is what the Lord wants. Amen. 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 Hey, woman.